Welcome to Marketgy, the science of marketing strategy, a bi-weekly podcast where all the cool marketers discuss their favorite marketing strategies, study by study. On this show, we feature marketing risk takers who believe long-term wins for the customer equal long-term wins for the business too. How? Human-led marketing. The combination of where science, creativity, and strategy meet, or as we also like to call it, Marketgy. Let's break down the marketing trends, myths, and methodologies together. I'm your host, Leanne Dowweimer. Let's go. On this episode of Marketg, I'm joined by Andrew Harder, Senior Paid Media Manager at WebEx Events, whose experience has spanned agency and corporate roles, leading to some phenomenal results. Andrew will share with us how those experiences help shape his strategies today, how he captures and creates demand via paid media, and how he uses direct customer outreach to inform his strategies. Let's dive in. Good morning. I am joined here by Andrew Harder, the Senior Paid Media Manager at WebEx Event, who creates and captures demand. Andrew, tell us more about yourself. Hi, Leanne. Thanks for having me. Yes, I work at WebEx Events, part of Cisco, so a large company. But just to give you a quick background, like most people, did not go to college for B2B marketing because that doesn't really exist. Had a few kind of random jobs before my first kind of SaaS company that I was a part of. It was a really small company here in Bloomington. And I I did sales, marketing, recruiting. It was like an exposure to all facets, really small team. So once I was there for a while, I realized I needed some hard skills because I was kind of spread across these departments. I didn't like sales. So I thought, okay, marketing, I guess. But I there was a, a local PPC agency that I joined and really learned a ton about paid search. So that, that's kind of my main area of expertise over the last five years. But over the course of my tenure there, got a lot more experience in paid social, ABM. My largest client kind of at the end was an ed tech company. And so really enjoyed working in the SaaS space. And that's how I came to Socio. So, and then we were acquired. So I know, I know we'll get into that, but that's kind of a quick background and excited to talk more about it. Great. Yeah, that definitely sounds like you've had a wide experience. And I always love it when people chose marketing or marketing chose them, however you want to sure. slice it. But you know, and, and having that sales experience really helps us to better understand the entire customer experience. One thing you mentioned about, you know, working at the agency, what kind of stood out to you that seems to be very agency life versus in-house life? So if we just take a, that, that chunk of what it's like to work at an agency, especially a paid per click one, what's that like as far as strategies and things that you did? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, it's obviously very performance driven. I mean, that's how you retain your clients. That's how you grow budgets with your clients, which then grows your revenue. So obviously very focused on that. And I think a lot's changed since I've gone in-house. And that was kind of the reason why I went in-house because I knew I wanted to go deeper into marketing as a whole, just like as a function, but also like understanding on the B2B side, especially like revenue. Like with B2C and e-commerce, it's a lot more straightforward if you're working at a PPC agency, you can really understand what's working, what's not. But with B2B, it's a lot more complex. So um, to answer your question more directly, it's 
when I, when you have clients, like, you know, you, you do try to understand their business. Of course, you get to know like how they operate their audiences and all of that. But at the end of the day, you're really just optimizing in the platforms. And so you miss out on a lot of, again, speaking like B2B specifically, you miss out on a lot of like what's working down funnel, the feedback loop with sales, like customer team, like all those like really essential inputs you don't have. So yeah, I would say though, it's great for anyone listening that is at an agency right now, like you do get to, you learn a lot more, a lot faster, I think, in terms of like how to work in platforms, how to optimize, especially if you're able to work across different verticals and and just getting kind of a grasp on those things. So that was very beneficial, but you're going to hit like a ceiling at some point and like how, how deep you can go. Yeah, definitely. What I felt like was when I was in a similar role was I felt kind of siloed where like I was operating in a vacuum and I always wanted to be more connected to the entire funnel, like you, you mentioned. And then another part is, is, is the getting to know the audience part. And that's really what on this podcast, we love talking about how we're, we're human centered and customer centric. Mm -hmm. So now that you've kind of transitioned into your new role, like how, how has that changed to enable you to do the things that you were hoping to do? Yeah. So when I joined Socio a little over a year and a half ago, it was still, it was like series A. So it, was, it wasn't like a startup though. I mean, it was at that point, it, it survived the, the pandemic, which was huge being an event platform company because it was just in person and they did an amazing job evolving to virtual. And that's when virtual was huge. And, and it's funny, like just a year and a half later, like virtuals died down a ton and in-person's really back, but that's a different topic, I guess. <laughs> but it's allowed me to like, really go deeper. Like I said, like, cause it was a small marketing team. Like I was the fourth marketer. There was a content person that was hired at the same time as, as I was as well. So even though like I was hired really to run like the paid program that was responsible for majority of like inbound MQLs and revenue, I was able to do a few other things, like, especially like the big kind of learning curve for me was understanding like HubSpot, like that's the CRM. <laughs> and marketing automation that we use. And so it took me probably a month or two to really get my mind around that. And instead of just looking in Google to see like what's converting, like actually looking in HubSpot and seeing what's converting down funnel. I mean, that's, that's just a very specific example, but I'm able to look at like the full funnel of things and like what job titles are converting, like what accounts we're really capturing and like the buyer committees, like how many people, like what levels, like all those things you can't see unless you're in the CRM. And I think, you know, for any marketer, like no matter like what department you're in, like being able to get your hands on that data and understanding that is, is essential for then like putting together a strategy and executing it. Absolutely. Because one of the biggest drawbacks in my mind to optimizing for lowest cost per click is what happens with those clicks? What, who are those people? Just because they're cheaper and you're optimizing your spend doesn't mean that that's necessarily the best. Maybe there's more competition for your ideal person and maybe you should be spending, you know, their, you know, kind of level of cost per click is a little bit higher, but you don't know that unless you have the access to the whole funnel like you do now. And yeah. I mean, HubSpot's, you know, one of the bigger players, but it didn't used to be. And they got bigger because mm -hmm. they give you the information you want. So 
Now, you mentioned being on a team of like four people. Has that kind of been consistent or has that changed as Socio was acquired shortly after you joined? What's that been like? Yeah, so that, I mean, it's changed a lot. (laughs) Four months after I joined, we were acquired. And at that point, we had hired a few more marketers. So I think we were around like seven-ish, seven or eight but then a year a year after I joined, we were at twenty. So we saw, you know, tremendous. Obviously, when you're acquired by a Fortune 100 company, you you have more budget. You're able to grow the team. There's a ton of investment. You know, if obviously Webex is part of Cisco, Cisco is primarily hardware. They've invested a lot in software companies, so they're really pouring a lot of resources into those teams. And that's why we're still like standalone. We did rebrand from Socio to WebEx events to be a part of like the larger WebEx portfolio, but we do have a dedicated team of like 20 marketers just to WebEx events. We do support kind of like the larger ecosystem and like enterprise deals, which is some like another topic, but it's changed a lot because we do have a fully built out content team, like writers, video, just a content leader email marketing, social, like organic social, like, so very built out content team, which is critical, obviously to the marketing team. And then it was funny too, when I joined, we're an event software company, we didn't have any event marketer on our team. (laughs) So we hired someone, I think probably three, four months later, and then that person's been able to like hire out. And so there's three people on that team. And so, you know, there's other departments too, like partner, customer, but it's changed a lot. I think a lot of marketing companies can experience the like you can even get siloed within your own team even though we collaborate a ton like it it has changed a lot in the sense of how we work together and even though like and we hired someone else to work with me on the paid team because our, our budget grew, grew a lot we expanded into a lot of different channels and even though like crystal is the person that works with me on the team we, we work on paid, we have so much need to collaborate with content, but also like we're kind of on the front lines and seeing like what's converting, like what demand is there. So like I said earlier, in-person's really back, whereas a year ago it was like all virtual. So we're, we're trying to provide those inputs to the content team, but ultimately like we all are on the same mission and trying to just grow our revenue and that's it's there's definitely been lots of challenges with just the changes in the landscape and our competitors have definitely seen some difficulties so yeah a lot of a lot of changes we'll just put it bluntly yeah i mean that's five times the amount of people and so that makes it infinitely more complicated when you're communicating but it's also you know every marketer's dream is to have more resources right whether that's content or that's any part of it because it really does interact and play well together. It's one thing that I saw happening was that these smaller businesses would hire an agency like a pay-per-click agency, but they wouldn't have their organic channels support the way that they needed to. So now you have the, not the luxury, but the you know, appropriate level of content support so that when you send, you know, like an ad, they go somewhere and it matches and it provides more value mm-hmm. and they're able to keep that branding across channels. Sorry if I'm like, you know, spoiling no, that, what you might've said. No, no, um, it's no, it's good because I mean, and to take that even further, like really we're building out like a full like ABM strategy right now and the alignment with sales is like so critical to like so your point about like paid and organic being the same like you need sales to be speaking the same language and a lot of times like 
they know better like the language to use because they're speaking to prospects like daily. Yeah. Whereas, you know, we're in our own little back corner sometimes just looking at the data that we have, but we're not having those conversations. So I think it's super important that, and to your point too, like when you're at an agency, like you're not, you're not seeing those things. Like, and I kind of talked about that earlier, but it's so critical to have that collaboration. And it's a challenge because things are always changing and, and different teams are seeing different numbers. They're focused on different outputs, but ultimately like being on the same page and having the same messaging like goes a long way. And I think some of the the SaaS companies are doing well right now. And that I really like from like a, just a branding standpoint, like they do what you're describing, like organic paid events, like everything is together and unified. Yeah. The alignment really stops us from, you know, creating that kind of Frankenstein marketing where one thing does it. And it's all just kind of happenstance like stitched together. One of the things you mentioned was direct, you mentioned it offline, but direct customer outreach. So how, what does that look like in your setting and how do you use that? Yeah. So this is something, and maybe we'll get into this more after speaking about the customer kind of feedback loop, but for paid social and kind of for, I always split it between like demand capture and demand create, which is kind of why I have that in my LinkedIn like name or my title or whatever, you know, demand capture being paid search review site like Captera, creating demand being like those channels. And this is, it's not strictly to pay, like it goes across organic events, you know, community, all of that. But Oh, I lost my train of thought. What did you ask me? The customer outreach. So, yes. so, so far we've talked about how cool it was that, you know, you're, you're not as disconnected from the rest of the funnel right, right. where people were, you're that part of that, like language that the customer are using. Now you had mentioned that you might be doing some customer outreach. Yes. So why I was, thank you for reminding me why I went into that ex- explanation the demand, demand capture is very straightforward. You look at numbers, you look at revenue, you look at that. It's very simple. The demand create, you need other signals and you need other like inputs. So over this past year, like my paid so- and kind of the agency background is still very like direct response, kind of lead capture, even on paid social. And that just doesn't, you know, it can work in, in some settings, but majority of the time, especially B2B, there's a million touch points. You're not going to see ROI from those types of activities and campaigns. So the reason for doing customer research, and I know it is it was funny, like when I went to our our customer team and I was like, hey, we want to like talk to some customers. We're not trying to get case study. You know, like when marketing goes to the customer team, it's normally, hey, we need some case studies, we need some like marketing materials. I had to frame it up as, hey, we want to like improve what we're putting out on like paid social specifically. We want to move from that traditional kind of lead gen to like actually like speaking to pain points and just building credibility there by actually like giving our target audience. So for us, that's, you know, event marketers, field marketers, we have a lot of like nonprofits and higher ed. So the titles are different, but people that are doing events, we want to speak to their pain points. So like, how do you solve, like solve virtual fatigue? How do you improve like your post event, like follow-up process? Like how do you make in-person events like a lot's changed with the pandemic and everything. So like what's different and how do you improve your, like all those like specific things. Like we just want to distribute that like in feed on the channels that our customers are, are actively in. And so we had like a set of questions. There's experts on LinkedIn that are much better than I am. And I gathered some of my questions from them, but 
it kind of got at like the, the buyer journey. So, you know, for paid, but again, this can apply to anyone on a marketing team, like understanding where your target audience is hanging out. And that changes. It's crazy how much it changes with, you know, like TikTok has, you know, been huge for a while, but for B2B, there's still a lot of like, will they, won't they? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, is that effective? But like, there's so, there's so many different channels. And so for us, like we just ask like basic, like what channels do you get your information from? And it can be a mix. It's not just social. Like there's also like kind of like third party sites and different communities. And it was almost every single person said like Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups. I was actually surprised how many Facebook groups are still like active, but and like for me as a marketer, I'm a part of a few different Slack groups. So I know like how much is, you know, kind of like that dark social, like you can't track that stuff, but there's so much going on behind the scenes. And so for us, like getting back to like your question, like we were able to ask them like buyer journey questions to figure out like, are we in the right channels? But also like specifically, like what content is helpful for you? Like, what do you like to see? What do you consume? And it, it did get into kind of the gated versus ungated conversation another topic you can probably have <laughs> on different podcasts, but we did ask those questions and, you know, it did get into some of the product questions as well for us to figure out how do we differentiate ourselves from our competitors. And I would say like, in hindsight, I wish we were, we talked to more customers that weren't, you know, they were kind of like customers that we would have like in a cab, like a customer advisory board, which is great because they're very willing to talk to you. But I would have loved to talk to some of our customers that maybe, you know, didn't love certain things just to get more of that feedback to understand that. But just, but yeah, it was super insightful. It did inform a lot of our page social strategy. So we were able to kind of get like a 20% test budget to actually take these learnings. We had a bunch of like virtual events that our event team did broke those down into like bite-sized messages that we could then distribute through primarily LinkedIn. And it's been actually like very successful for us in just a few months, but yeah, I'll, I'll stop there. And no, it's so much, there's so much. And so one of the things that, you know, obviously is so huge in, in that customer centric marketing is the customer in that communication and the communication flow and the research. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I personally want more of is those customers that didn't become customers. Mm -hmm. I want more of the people that were like, this is not for me mm -hmm. because I want to know why I want to know what about it. Was it the time, place, investment, qualities, offerings, you know, and that's, that's probably my, my product marketing lens, right? Yeah. Because those lost deals will teach you so much. And that's, that's what you were almost alluding to was you want right. to know the negative feedback. And so I think it's, it's really important for any team, but it's also not typically the paid team that, that goes after these things. And I yeah. think that's why it's so cool that you do it because you saw the need and you went after the right way to do the marketing. How long have you been able to do this outreach? And, and do you think that there's been any like measurable improvements that you've seen since doing it? Yeah. So we like we had an initial phase and this it's funny you ask this because this is something our team is trying to we do have someone that owns like customer marketing. So, you know, we do all like trying to get G2 reviews kept and we have that ongoing, but trying to get like the actual like, you know, 30, 60 minute like interviews that that Crystal and I did trying to get a cadence for that, like built in because we did it. It was 
we did like close to 10 of these interviews over the span of like a few months, which when I say that, that sounds like a really low number, but honestly, like you can get a ton of insights. And this is why, you know, I mean, this is from hearing other folks talk about this on LinkedIn. It's not about like the quantity because you can get those metrics from other things. It's about like that qualitative feedback and actually like speaking to, and for us, we've like four like core ICP. So we're able to speak to each of those ICPs and get specific feedback. And also what we do, this is a kind of a freebie tip for anyone in like paid social, like break out your audiences by those segments and serve them. Like it, you could serve that it's better to, you know, tailor the messaging to that ICP because there are differences. But if you can't do that, what we've been doing is like serving them. They're very practical, like kind of event manager tips, but we can see the different like engagement rates. We can see the different completion rates for different videos. When we remarket to them with product videos, we can see like what ICPs are engaging with that. And there are for sure differences. So you can get a ton of feedback from that. And so, and to answer your question about like how, like if we've seen success or like, how has that impacted? I would say like, I can't say X amount of revenue or X amount of like opportunities for the sales team, but that there's two, we have like a few different products. There's two main ones for in-person right now, like mobile app, like mobile event apps and like on-site products, like event registration and badge printing. Like we've been doubling down on that like crazy. And we've seen like through paid search primarily, but through organic as well, like an increase in that. It could just be the demand in the market. So I'm not trying to say like what we've done on LinkedIn is like fully responsible for that because marketing is a mixture of things. But I think it does help you feel more confident just in your strategy too. And understanding what is like what your customers are actually like focused on. And then there's a lot more like down funnel stuff that you have to do. And we're, we're kind of working on that because there are some gaps that we have as a team, but there are are tons of stuff that you can do based on the, what the findings from those conversations. Absolutely. And it would be a bigger red flag if that was an increased demand and you weren't capturing it. Right. So I, I think it's fair to, do our best with measuring because there's no such thing as the perfect measure. Right. But it's, it, you know, if, if you were doing all these things and you saw a slump <laughs> instead of a lift, then that's, that's pretty telling. So another thing that like we kind of touched on was, you know, where we think that this type of, you know, paid team doing the phone interviews, is there somebody who this would be a wrong strategy for? That's a good question. It's kind of like a stumper for me. I don't understand. Like, I don't think, I don't think there is for anyone in marketing. Like you're always going to get value from talking to your customers. I guess like it could be wrong for your like really early stages. You're trying to like fine tune, but I would say like the flip side of that, having conversations into your earlier point about like the close loss, I think is super insightful. So even like you could take this approach to not just customers, but, and you'd have to incentivize it probably with a gift card. Yeah. And there's companies out there. I've participated in this actually for different MarTech that we purchased for like close loss, but like companies do invest in that. And I think like it is really insightful for just forming, it could be like a product market fit. It could be like the language that you're using on your site. And like, that's the thing too, like why this has been helpful for the whole team. Like, cause we did compile like what we found and we're trying to put this like in our site language. Like there's so, there's so many different facets of it. Content team, like, Hey, these are the things that we're seeing. 
this is what our customers are talking about. Can we have more content focused on like X, Y, Z? Like there's just so many different takeaways that you can get from it. So I don't know, like, I'm, I don't know if you, if you think of anyone that wouldn't work for, but I would recommend it to most marketers. I agree. I would recommend it to most marketers. The caveat being is that if you have a sample size that is too small and doesn't represent your ICP, then you can be led astray very quickly in a very, very weird direction. So you have to be really careful about, and I think that this is where sales background helps is, is being able to just kind of meet someone and get that, that feel and understand that subtext and understand who they are as a person Mm -hmm. and be like, yes, this is our people or "Mm, this isn't our people. What they're saying is irrelevant, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's always going to be that like one person that has like very, very specific needs. Mm -hmm. That's very different than your, your general population of customers. And while the outliers still matters, they're still important. I'm not knocking the outliers. You have to be careful to recognize them as an outlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I think too, that's why we weren't really trying to focus on like product feedback necessarily, because like you said, there's different needs and we do have a pretty wide range. I mean, we have fortune 100 clients and then we have like really small, like nonprofits. So like there's such a wide range, like it wouldn't be that useful to take those points like back to our like product team or engineering team that just wouldn't fit. But I think the, I think I forgot to mention this, like we were really trying to identify like any friction in the buying process as well. So like there's things, you know, on our site to a degree, but more so like in the sales process. And this is where like, and I do have like standing conversations with like sales counterparts to talk about these things, but it's very interesting when you ask the customer, like straight up, like, Hey, like, what was and it, it's better to do this when someone just purchased yourself. Yeah, the, the high emotional yeah, connection like, point. Yeah, so it depends like how long it's been. Sometimes people come into the role they've already been using the software the company has, so you can't always get that feedback. But I do think like those types of things are really good to focus on and can be valuable for anyone. But yeah, your advice definitely, if anyone's in that point, should take that advice. <laughs> Yeah. And and that's more likely to be those like very early stage, like the seed stage or, mm-hmm. you know, very, very small marketing teams. Like, let's say you have a marketing team of one and right. you're only really, you're doing everything for everybody. And you only really have the chance to get to like one customer interview, you know, every six months. And so if you're only doing one customer interview every six months, then you got to be really careful about that sample size. Right. Absolutely. So we've talked about a lot about like customer outreach. Now, you mentioned that, you know, it's kind of shifting right now between the the live events and the virtual events. Where do you see your genre of marketing? Where do you see the future of that? And and conversely, where do you think it should go? Yeah, I guess speaking to... And paid search. Yeah, yeah, paid paid social, paid. Yeah, and yeah, I guess I know there's, you know, one person marketing teams that are doing all these things, but... I think the biggest shift, it, it's more in like that demand creation, like paid social side of things for sure. Like, I mean, it's funny too, like we're recording this when like the quarterly earnings just came out for like Google and like Meta and I don't, I didn't see LinkedIn's, but like they're all going down. And that's, you know, that happens when the economy is going down, there's less advertising. But I do think a lot of companies oversaturate like their demand capture budgets and having spent time in like, probably over a hundred like Google accounts at this point, like every time there's wasted spend, it's just, it's just true. So I don't, 
I don't think like there's a concern, like if we're going into a period of where like, you know, paid budgets are going to be cut. I think some people might panic and be like, oh no, like we're not going to be able to like capture all the demand. I think maybe that's true. Like if your budget's really cut, but I do think to speak to like what I, like what the future kind of should be is a lot more focus on speaking the customer's language and delivering, like taking your content, your event team, whoever, like whoever's creating this content, like I always frame it up as paid social, like the paid team is supposed to figure out what content is going to speak to like customer pain points, build credibility. It's more than just like thought leadership. Like I think that can be a little vague sometimes. It's like very specific and it has to be, there's lots of different pain points. So you have to figure out like which ones are you know most important to speak to and like what content you have. But I think, and this is a different skill set. Like this is something that I've had to lean into a lot and it does get more into actually doing marketing. I would actually say like <laughs> paid search and stuff is just more like straight up, just like advertising and like sales, essentially, like you're trying to capture that. Whereas when you're creating ads for LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, whatever it is, like you really have to know who you're speaking to and like what's going to resonate with them. And it definitely gets that measurement too. Like you do have, you can't look at it the same way you can't do and i'm not even talking about first first last first multi-touch attribution like it's much more than that it's like holistically like what are the few things that you want to do on like the paid side for like creating demand because there's only there's finite budget there's finite resources and figuring out like okay like for us again like in person is huge right now we're going to like double down on that we're going to try to speak to that we're going to see what messages are resonating and then it's just a constant feedback loop like for us, like we're constantly asking sales, like, what are your conversations? Like if you have gone, like listening to recordings, like things like that can really feed that. But I think coming from the agency side, most people just look at those, those numbers. They just look at into your, like what you were saying earlier was like, so spot on, like who cares about like CPC or even like cost per conversion. If you're just looking at the original conversion point versus like the full funnel. And that this also to tie it together, like if you're building like credibility and speaking to these things, like it's actually going to create much higher conversion rates down the funnel. It's going to shorten your sales cycle. It's going to, when you look at like pipeline velocity metrics, all those things should be improving if you're doing this correctly. And like, I'm probably oversimplifying it. I know. And it's like really difficult. Like I'm in this role, so I understand how difficult it is, but I do think paid marketers who can paid media markers that can like refine their skills and copywriting, customer research, all those things are going to be so critical. And I think like paid search is just always going to be there, but really getting those skills and in, in that. So I hope that made sense. I was like touching on a few different topics, but I feel pretty passionate about <laughs> like, the different approaches with between demand capture and demand creation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would argue that, to, you know, to your point that there is not a separation and that we all need to be great at marketing 101 in order for any one of our different tacks or tactics or strategies. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's always going to fall flat if we're not good at the, you know, making that basic marketing shine through mm-hmm. and, and understanding and getting better at like the core capabilities. Totally. Yeah, yeah. It, it's hard, but it's-, it's impossible because it's always changing. But, you know, that's that's the thing is that we need to evolve and change with it. And that's what I think is really cool about marketing. Yeah, for sure. 
Awesome. Well, I appreciate you so much for coming on this and sharing your depth of wisdom. If someone wanted to get a hold of you or have a conversation with you, would you say LinkedIn is the best place to find you? It is. It's like the only social media account that I have. It's funny. Like, I mean, I work in like paid social, but I actually am not a huge like social user. (laughs) I feel like that's pretty normal. (laughs) Yeah. LinkedIn. I mean, I'm one of those, I have a Facebook account because I needed to access Facebook ads. I don't use it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I guess I'm a dad and I haven't gotten on TikTok yet. So like I need to get on that eventually, but yeah, LinkedIn, like definitely like reach out to me, connect with me, message me. I love having conversations about marketing, obviously focused on paid, but I love talking about all different aspects of it. So yeah, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Great. Thank you so much. And if you're listening to this episode and you want to get a hold of me, I'm also on LinkedIn. My name's a little bit harder than Andrew Harder. (laughs) 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 But Leanne Delweimer, and then, you know, I've got to, I've got to plug it. Please like subscribe, you know, listen to give feedback for this podcast, Marka G, Strategic Marketing. And I'm available, Leanne Dalweimer. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Leanne. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Markagy, the science of marketing strategy. If any of the strategies we talked about today inspired you to learn more, try them. Remember, the perfect strategy doesn't exist. Only the one that gets done. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast player to make sure that you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening. Until next time.